0: Hey, hey, NWA. What you got with you to share today? Hey, hey, NWA. Wanna hear what you got to say? Better go down to fade NWA. Hey, hey! What is up, Northwest Arkansas? Welcome to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. I'm Peyton Finley.
1: And I'm Zach Panky.
0: And you are tuning in to a very special episode. Um, It's special because we kind of haven't been doing this as much in the recent episodes, so we just decided to make one whole episode about
1: Ozark Superstition. I'm very excited. I've been doing a lot of reading, definitely more than the last 24 hours. I've definitely been working on this, 100% for sure. Um, time is a construct. Time is a construct. Uh, however, I will say uh, we are we have a very special aspect of the show today, uh, which is kind of nice um, because while I wasn't working on this podcast, I was um, in South Central Arkansas um, where I obtained some let's just say home distilled beverage. Mm. I have moonshine, y'all. I got okay. some moonshine. That, that's more direct. Um, I have a lady who sourced me some moonshine down there. Uh, so I brought it back in a mason jar like you do. Are you sure you just didn't get it from the side of the road like everybody else? Uh, no, I had someone who gifted it to me. Oh, okay. Um, and it is Blackberry Moonshine from South Central Arkansas. What's up, El Dorado? Um, and I brought it back with me in a mason jar like you do um and we're going to be drinking moonshine and reading ozark superstition superstition stories it it feels very right
0: yes and i'll also note uh now that we're talking about superstition we have in this room right now just a single lamp on uh the lights are not on it's a in the room yeah it's a campfire
1: very campfire feel right now yes which I so
0: like. very Are you afraid of the dark? At the end, we're going to splash water over the fire. In this case, a lamp. Uh That's probably not good for the lamp, so we'll just turn it off. (laughs) It's not a very good dramatic ending Mm -hmm. to a a TV show like Are You Afraid of the Dark? So we'll improvise. But but it's very eerie in here.
1: Yeah. Usually when I'm done with a campfire, I just pee on it. And that's usually how to end the night. You can't pee on my lamp. (laughs) Did you never do that? Did you never have a campfire and just pee on the lamp? No way. No, pee out on a pee out. Pee on a campfire?
0: No, I actually never did. Oh, it's so fun.
1: Why? It's just like a, I mean, it's a way to end the night. You have to put the campfire out anyway. You're going to bed. Yeah. With water. water. Well, no, like when you're camping or whatever, you've been sitting there, you know, drinking and hanging out with your friends all night. And like the last thing you do before you go to bed is you have to pee and you already have this fire that's like dwindling and dying and you just, uh, sap the last life of it. With your own urine. That seems
0: like a very territorial, testosterone driven, primal urge that you have to like pee on something, to put it out.
1: I've never considered it that mm-hmm. way. I think it, I've always just thought of it as like a bunch of dudes are camping and it's now time to pee on the campfire and everybody's going to bed. It's on the schedule, <laughs> it's on the schedule, it's on the itinerary for oh, camping. 10 30 a.m. You know what time it is. Wait,
0: 10.30 a.m. is when you're going to bed while camping? Oh, I thought, sorry, I thought you said in the morning, whenever you're, like, leaving the
1: campsite. No, 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 you do it at the end of the night, like okay. when you're done with the fire and you're going to bed. Okay. Anyway, probably still pretty territorial. and uh, Probably. Rhinos pee on trees, <laughs> Zach pees on campfires. Anyway, so there's that. Uh, cool, we're not going to pee on your lamp. Peyton, I have some things for us to talk about with Ozark Superstition. Um we can talk about... We've got some ghost stories for you guys, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I may... We may sprinkle those in. We may save those for all one clump together. Um We have something called Power Doctors, and you can think of these as spiritual healers, um, if you want to talk about that. And then we also have a section, a short section on love potions. Uh So, Peyton, of those three, which would you like to hear first? You know, let's start...
0: Um Let's start happier and then get creepier as we go. Which, now that I've said it out loud, I don't know if love potions is the least creepy or the most creepy. Yes, but I think we should start with love potions. It's a toss
1: up for real. All right, let's get into it. This moonshine is so it's good. Very good. It's really great. Uh, it's and like a little sweet. It's that blackberry. Those yeah. blackberries, man. You could drink this straight. We are drinking it straight, or on the rocks, I should say, um, but it is very drinkable moonshine. All right, let's talk about love potions and rituals around uh, enticing those you want to fall in love with you. Teach me how to wrangle in a lover. Uh, yeah, this it's going to get weird, Peyton. I'm ready. Okay. You, we talked about not starting creepy. Um, oops. But oops. Okay. Some caveats about this, this section. Um, or let me just give you an overview and then we'll do some caveats. Uh, this practice of using love potions and rituals is was widely recognized and encouraged even by uh, what Vance Randolph calls the country druggists. And I would take that to be the pharmacies. The local pharmacies okay. are encouraging this activity. <laughs> Good start. Um, they are so recognized as working... That, quote, the victim of a love charm or filter is not held morally responsible for his actions. Wow.
0: They All are right.
1: Yeah. So compelled. we're getting into some weird territory already. Um, and it is said that, quote, many a deserted wife is comforted by the reflection that her man did not leave of his own free will, but was, quote, conjured off.
0: Yeah. Mm
1: Okay, whatever helps you sleep at night. Whatever, like, oh, oh pretty tough stuff. You, you should probably come to terms with the, the fact that your man left you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, So caveat for this section. We're not going to get to all of it, but caveat for this section. Um, It is incredibly patriarchal, as you might imagine, uh, very much leaning on this idea that a woman has to entice a man uh, to fall in love with her. And that women are so clearly obviously the sex that must garner attention and draw all their worth from the man a man in their life. All right. Good disclaimer. Good disclaimer. It also has a little bit of a Jezebelian sort of thing to it, you know, even with saying like you're conjuring off married men's mar- yeah, married women. Married oh Married geez. woman's man. Yes. Getting a married man is somewhere like tied into this. And there's places where it's very explicit and we're probably not going to get to some of that, but just know that a lot of this is in the material um, kind of woven in that a woman's worth comes from getting a man. Sad, sad. Um, so a lot of it is going to be about young women trying to entice men. We do have one about guys in Arkansas. It's pretty funny. Uh, we'll get to that. It's also really gross because nasty boys. Boo. All Um So we're going to talk about love potions first, and then we're going to talk about love rituals. We'll start with love potions because maybe we can get through the awful, awful stuff um, and then move to something a little more lighthearted. Um, most or These potions uh, can vary in the substance used in these potions, and a lot of the recommendations are just like, oh, just sprinkle some in their coffee. Um, or in their drink or something, it is very, I am drugging you with a love potion, uh, which is, and most of them are totally herbal and not really creepy in like a drugging someone way. Um, but, but they're definitely druggists, but they are definitely encouraged by pharmacy people. Um, no, it has this weird vibe of like, you put this in their drink without their knowledge. um, or entice them into a situation. Well, would it really be a love potion if it was with their knowledge? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Come on. That's fair. Uh, these potions can vary in substance from milk sugar and flake whiting to fingernail trimmings. Oh, and it gets worse than that. Um, some are incredibly gross, so be prepared. Uh, and by prepared, I mean, like, right now, be prepared, because I'm about to tell you maybe the nastiest one. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, no, I won't start that gross. I'll, I'll wait for a second. I prepared um, myself. Okay, quote, a plant called yarrow or milfoil is used in making love potions. The same is said to be true of daughter, also called love vine or angel's hair. Women in Northwest Arkansas tell me that the roots of the lady slipper or moccasin flower contain a powerful aphrodisiac. The Leaves and stems of mistletoe are made into some kind of love medicine, but the whole matter is very secret. No one will share their recipes for love potions. They just know that these are sort of the ingredients that you hmm. use. Um, this is the nasty one. Uh, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear about this. Uh, it involves bodily stuff. Oh. Okay. Oh, I have to hear this. Randolph Wright, you are a part of the podcast. Oh. Randolph writes, quote, Every mountain girl knows that if she puts a drop of her menstrual fluid into a man's liquor, he is certain to fall madly in love with her. God. And whisk quote, whiskey in which her fingernail trimmings have been soaked is said to have a very similar effect. Wait, so what? we
0: could, So we have an we have a choice. We can say, hey, menstrual fluid or uh whiskey soaked fingernails yes
1: but you okay yeah it's
0: literally pick your poison
1: well it's pick your poison in that if you think about the mechanics of it you have to have their whiskey ahead of time to let your fingernails soak in them alternatively you could show up to the bar with a vial of your menstrual fluid and drop it in his drink without him knowing
0: i'm going to choose to focus on the fingernails because it is the lesser of two evils so said woman has to soak her fingernails in his whiskey. Fingernail trimmings. Fingernail trimmings. So
1: clips them and puts them in his drink and lets okay. them soak.
0: You know, you might be able to get away with trimming them so finely that sure. it becomes a powder. Like
1: filing them into Yeah,
0: it. Yeah. Uh, that's still terrible.
1: But Once again, the difficulty of this one is... Having access to the liquor well before he ever drinks any. It has to soak. Important key to this. Okay, but I feel like
0: you can get away with that. What if you just said, hey, Johnny, I got a bottle of whiskey
1: at my place. Come on over. It has
0: my fingernails in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does that not seem like something a sociopath would do? Like, for some sort of weird pleasure.
0: Yes, and then once you go over to the menstrual fluid, even more so, yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's move to something a little less awful. Please. Um, I think this one's actually pretty... Probably pretty effective. So maybe use this one. This is more of a practice than a potion. Um, but it is said that touching the back of a man's head is says, said to be a sure way of arousing his sexual passions. Like, I know... it. Generally speaking, people like having their head scratched and hair played with. Yes. So, like, scratching someone's head, I think, is, like, pretty good way to, like, move things that direction. Yeah. Uh, it's innocent enough, um, but also implies something.
0: Because uh, it's not like you're just randomly scratching somebody's head for no good reason. Like, there are rare occasions, unless it's, like, your mom... Just like, you know, when you're a kid scratching your head, that's really it. Yeah. The other situations where that happens are probably
1: inherently sexual. Yeah, it's, a, it's not just a scratching. It's like a fondling of the hair and the head. Like, it's not a... And that's a sensitive area. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, yeah,
0: like, sure.
1: I don't I know. I see why it works. Yeah, I get it. Um, that's one way to attract a man. One surefire way of, uh, scaring someone off, which I appreciate is this next one. Another common practice for young women was to quote, carry little wasp nests in the <laughs> in the belief that they somehow attract men. Wait, so they do attract men? Evidently, these oh, ob- okay these objects are usually pinned to the lady's undergarments if she wears any undergarments. This is a quote from the book. Um, so I love that. Just put wasps That's
0: dangerous.
1: Just put wasps
0: in your bonnet, and that that's dangerous in your undergarments, <laughs> like a wasp nest, or
1: your lack of undergarments. <laughs>
0: So I guess you just like tie a a rope around your waist instead and attach it to said rope. I don't see how this practice no. attracts anyone. one. and I can't imagine that you know these these wasp's nests would be small if they're adequately contained. I'm sure. So I'm pretty sure as after she has rubbed the back of his neck, he's like, "Hey, what's that glass jar?" Uh, under your blouse. This is really weird. What is this? You can't get away with just having a jar
1: of a wasp nest I don't under think, your clothing. I don't think... Well, two things. I don't think they're in jars, but I also don't think they're inhabited by wasps. But I don't know how, if that makes it any better. How long must you watch a wasp nest to ensure there are no wasps in it before you stick it right next to your... Special parts. Does it need to be intact whenever you
0: put it up there? Because you could just beat the mess out of it
1: and then be like, oh it's dust from a wasp nest." You know, beating a wasp nest is one surefire way to attract wasps. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when no one's home or something, I don't know.
0: Sure. Okay, I am speculating as much as uh-huh. the next guy because we just came from. Let's drop some menstrual fluid in their drink. So. W- this is We're roller- only going up from
1: there. This is a roller coaster. Um, also, uh, it is said that fashioning a band of a man's hat into a garter is a sure way for the owner of that hat to fall in love with you. Interesting. Also, I don't know anybody with a hat with a band on it right now, so good luck. I think of uh, fedoras. Sure. If you want to steal a man's fedora, steal yeah. a band off of it. <laughs> I don't think the that person will love you very much if you take their fedora and destroy it because nowadays people who wear fedoras are like
0: really about their fedoras and it's like a rare breed of person that actually wears a fedora in the first place you're probably like hurting his ego a little bit by messing up his fedora
1: don't steal people's hats important um i like this one too uh this is more this is goes back to like i have access to the whiskey thing i can prepare a space um for this sort of thing Uh, Randolph writes, quote, many a mountain girl conceals dried turkey bones about the room in which she meets her lover or even secrets them in her clothing in the belief that they will render him more amorous. Right next to my wasp nest. I guess so. Just like attach the dry turkey bone to one leg, attach the wasp's nest, I guess. Via garter to the other one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have the man's band of a hat fashioned into a garter, holding the turkey bone to your leg. So she would hide turkey bones places where they wouldn't be found, whether under her clothes or just in the room places, which I also enjoy. The idea of someone hiding dried turkey bones in their house. I've got a story here real quick and I'll let you comment. Please do. Um, I once heard some villager loafers quote, greening a young chap. I think greening might be like uh, making fun of or something I've did my homework and I could not find any other use of greening in this text or on the internet. I think it could be whipping him with like a green switch Mm. or, uh, he said in one other place, I will say he said also another word for spoofing, which 80 years out of context may also not mean spoofing in what we imagine it today. Anyway, um, I once heard some villager loafers greening a young chap because some turkey bones had been found behind the cushions of his Ford, the supposition being that they had been placed there by a woman who had ridden with him. Mm. Someone had covertly stuck some dry turkey bones in this man's truck, and some villagers gave him a hard time about it.
0: Uh, I wonder if it was just his mom. And his mom was like, you need to get married. What if it's also
1: just like a dirty uh, boy who just eats turkey in his car and shoves the bones? And makes the excuse uh, of, I didn't put those there. That Uh, that would be gross. That was definitely a lady that I had with me in my car. (laughs) Uh, uh, It wasn't me. I don't eat raw turkey in my car. Um, We have another love medicine here. Uh, And this applies to the boys in Northwest Arkansas is how it starts. This one's for the boys. This one's for us here, uh, us Northwest Arkansas boys. Um, Quote, the boys in Northwest Arkansas make a love medicine from the web of a wild gander's foot. Do you know what a gander is? I do not. It is a male goose. It is the webbing of a male goose's foot. Oh. Dried and reduced to powder. Put a pinch of this in a girl's coffee and she will not only fall in love with you at once, but will be faithful to you as long as she lives. This this is somehow connected in the Hillman's mind with the belief that wild geese mate but once. So you better use
0: it wisely. This Don't is, mess it up. This Don't put it is, in the wrong
1: girl's cup. This is what's wild about this is like the things that they are using as love potions are are so gross. <laughs> like these are dead animal powderings <laughs> and like a human byproduct that they are putting into people's drinks. It makes me angry. It's never like, "Oh, uh cut up an onion and put that in their stew." Yeah, them. Yeah, mistletoe, I guess, but like sure. the most well-known one is like fingernail clippings. Oh. Anyway, okay. Um, Okay, back to fingernails. Oh, Um, thank you. uh, This one is a little less uh, gross. It's just kind of like a saying about love potions and rituals. Um, Quote, by cleaning her fingernails on Saturday and muttering a mysterious old saying at the same time, a girl can force her lover to visit on Sunday. When a boy says, my gal fixed her fingernails yesterday, he means that he's going to see her and implies that he does so rather reluctantly. Oh, Oh, that's a new turn of phrase. I like it. I like that one a lot. Huh. My girl, my gal cleaned her fingernails yesterday. Like, I gotta go see the old hag. (laughs) Uh.
0: That's so interesting. Like, it was so well known that they made a phrase out of that. Yeah, which is
1: like true for a lot of these things. There are like a lot of ritual sayings and uh, things for this. Um. One more, and then I've got a trick for everyone to go try out if you're interested. Once again, the Dirty Boys are back at it again with animal byproduct. Uh, Quote, in some localities, it is said that a man hides the dried tongue of a turtle dove in a girl's cabin. This makes her fall madly in love with him, and she can't deny him uh, anything. Weird. Weird. I was told, quote, I was told of a case in which a girl's superstitious parents searched the cabin for days trying to find the tongue which they believed must be hidden there. Uh, The neighbors laughed about this, and the girl herself said that the turtle's doves' tongues had nothing to do with the case, but the parents still believed the old story. They did not find the dove's tongue, however. She'd been falling for this boy, and her parents didn't like the boy, and they knew that he had done something. He had hidden some dried turkey bones He had powdered a goose's foot and put it in her coffee and they were sworn to find this dried turtle dove tongue. Incredible. Weird. But this is like how deep some of this stuff goes. Like it's ingrained in families so much that like people are not held morally responsible for their actions because someone got conjured, like messed with because of spirits or whatever, right? But it's all for love. It is all for love, but... Um, I mean the fact that he said she can't deny him anything is kind of like a weird it's very turn weird. of phrase, mm-hmm. Vance Randolph. Um it is
0: yeah, strange.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have free will in this situation, ideally. I hopefully, hopefully be nice. we are Peyton, what if we're wrong though? Like what if they are right when they say like you do some of this stuff to someone and it actually works and then you're out there stealing some woman's husband? And they're not morally responsible because you're awful and put fingernails in his drink. Like, you know, yeah, maybe we're
0: all wrong. Maybe this stuff is real mm-hmm. and we just need to get on board and
1: start using it in our favor. I mean, we can try it. Um, and I'll give you one last handy trick, see if it works, and then we'll move on to something else. Okay. Um, this will kind of bring a lot of things together, kind of the gross kind of uh we'll get this will be a good transition to. it kind of takes a funny turn at the end anyway here we go here's one last handy trick quote a girl can take a needle which has been stuck into a dead body (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) cover it with dirt in which a corpse has been laid and wrap the whole thing in a cloth cut from a winding sheet this is supposed to be a very powerful love charm. And a woman who owns such a thing can make any man fall in love with her. A needle which has been used to make a shroud is useful too if a girl thrust such... So like a a burial shroud. Okay. Okay. Uh, a needle that's been used to make a burial shroud is also useful. If a girl thrust such a needle into a lover's footprint... In her own dooryard, he is forced to remain with her, whether he wants to or not. Okay, so let's get this straight. So, I take a needle,
0: I poke it into a dead person. I found the dead person, great. Then I take the dirt from on top of said dead person,
1: and then I wrap all that up in a shroud, in a winding sheet, which I can only imagine is a sheet that's been put out on a uh, clothesline. Or oh, it's a winding sheet, which might be a shroud. Mm. The the words don't necessarily like translate. It's a lot of dead body stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the uh,
0: barrier to entry for uh, the woman, or well, for this one, is pretty high. Yeah, but and very extreme. You have to show your hardcore.
1: Yes, but the result is person you are using it on is forced to remain with that person, whether they want to or not. Because there is a consequence to this one. Quote, if he leaves the neighborhood, he will get sick. And if he stays away long enough, he will die. Whoa. That's metal. (laughs) It is metal. I mean, high bar to entry on this one. Mm -hmm. Gotta, Gotta find one dead body one grave, one sheet that probably touched a dead body at some point, or one that was made that made a shroud burial shroud, poke it in a footprint. And then, if this guy leaves, he's
0: dead. And then you just run it on the next person, yeah. Oh,
1: you could even use him as the dead body, yes, for you your ha- next one. You then can capitalize on it and just have a he just becomes a human, uh, needle pin needle. What's it called? Pincushion he becomes a human pincushion where you just let all of these sit in his body have all the dirt there and then you sell these to oh. other young women wanting to
0: trap their lover I didn't even think of that i just thought the woman just keeps them on lock so just in so the one guy dies and it's like <laughs> who cares i'm got
1: all these needles in the back sure i mean you could use it at that but I, as that But they were talking about how highly prized these pieces were. Like, it's so rare to have one of these. Here's your chance to, like, make a bunch of money. Morticians must be in it. Maybe. That seems like very, very bad mortician practice. Very poor. I feel like that breaks some oath at some point. Or maybe that's why they got into the business in the first place. Maybe that's why they got into the business. That explains a lot about all the morticians I know. Mm, yeah. sell, like, How did they find somebody? We don't know. They've got their side hustle where they sell needles. I've never been able to figure it out. And now I know. <laughs> they sell used needles. <laughs> Who is buying all these used needles? This is a very unhelpful practice. Oh yeah, uh, so can you can do that if you want? You can go try that out and see if uh, you can manage to murder the person you love. Also, that's the other thing you manage to murder the person you love. Don't you not want? They're them on house to arrest. Die? They're definitely on house arrest. Yeah,
0: yeah, dog. They're on house arrest. But if you do the other thing that the man does to the woman, to do whatever he says her to do, what was the other one? Uh the turtle dove hiding the dried turtle dove oh. tongue. If he hides that turtle dove in her house, then they are just bound to each other for life.
1: I guess so. We
0: should not get wedding rings. We should get needles um, put on footprints, and then we should get turtledove tongues, and that should be marriage. Welcome to
1: mar- new marriage. Marriage 2.0. New marriage. Because <laughs> then they're, they're not going to leave each other. Divorce rate drops to zero. Perfect society. And I'm going to go give them dried turkey bones as wedding gifts. Like, I love it. I love it so much. I do
0: wonder if at the end of the day, there is a Trump love potion. You know, there's like a hierarchy of love potions. So, yeah, you might have pulled the whole turtle dove tongue thing, but I pulled the I'm a steal your
1: man one. And like, which one wins at the end of the day? I don't know. I just feel like it'd be a cascading series of people falling in love with the next person in line all the way down like until they die it is not going to be like mutual love at any point because someone is always going to be affectionate towards someone they will never have unless they use a love potion in which case it's just turtles all the way down like turtle doves all the way down everybody looking to the person in line behind them who used a love potion on them and no one will ever find love. That's why the dating scene here is so rough. That sounds like a Yes, this is why this is why this is going to be the downfall of romance and marriage as an institution. Oh, man, it's rough.
0: Needles and turtle doves and bones and fingernails and menstrual fluids. And there's just uh tank, tank everybody. We're all going down as a society. And that is love potions. Always ask for a (laughs) consent.
1: All right, Peyton. What do you want to hear next? What are my options? You have... We've done Love Potions and Rituals. Would you rather talk about Power Doctors, uh, which will kind of stay in the realm of using sayings and rituals to cure someone of ailments? Or we can move uh, quite naturally to Ghost Stories... Uh, Because I think we just killed someone in our last segment. I think we did. um, But let's try to bring them back to life with some power doctors. Okay, cool. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff on power doctors here because Vance Randolph writes a lot about power doctors. Um, He also writes a lot about YARB uh, doctors. YARB doctors, think of them as herbal doctors. Like they use um, earth medicine plants, that sort of thing to heal people. That is a Yarb doctor. There's also like witches, which we use, have discussed, we, which we have discussed, which use rituals and incantations for harm, for curses, for that sort of thing. Um, power doctors are almost the inverse of witches, uh, where witches have denounced God and the Holy spirit, um, committing the unforgivable sin, And, uh, power doctors are kind of the inverse of that in that they use scripture as like a spiritual healing element of their ritual. Okay. However, the holy rollers of, uh, the early 1900s swore off both witches and power doctors equally. Um, so it's not like they are super well received in like a really conservative Christian community in that era. Either okay, Um, but you can kind of think of them as spiritual healers who used incantations to heal uh, the people that came to them. Um, They didn't try to explain it away in scientific terms, where Yarb doctors or medicinal doctors would say like, "Oh, this plant will do this in your body to cure this thing," as as best as we can understand it. Uh, They purely leaned on. Um, charms and spells and prayers, um, so they be they they claim to be able to heal everything uh, from warts and boils to open wounds that are constantly bleeding. Uh, Peyton, this may have come in helpful help uh, over the weekend when yes, you a cat bit me and I needed I needed a power doctor. Uh, we may we might be able to perform some of that here because uh, I have a ritual for stopping bleeding. Um, they are, they say they're able to cure warts and boils, open wounds, and then everything from cancer to alcoholism and more. It gets into some very dangerous territory when you get Mm -hmm. into that, uh, sort of thing. Um, once again, doctors, power doctors and witches seem to be very closely. It's hard to tell the difference in them other than like their alignment with, uh, God or the devil. um, and that's kind of the only thing in my mind that separates them other than maybe like the fact that witches are perform curses and power doctors like cure ailments It might be the only other thing. Okay. But as far as like the ritual of coming a power doctor, it is very similar to how witches become witches. Okay. Which is interesting. Um, each power doctor is endowed with the ability to cure a certain ailment. Very few of them are general practitioners of power doctoring. Um, and they don't take money for their services, which if you remember was kind of true also for white witches, they would cure curses, but wouldn't take any money for it. When we talked about witches, um, quote, although they may accept and even demand valuable presents on occasion, end quote. Wait, demand. So they just get really greedy all of a sudden. I've got, I've got a, an example. Okay. Uh, there's a woman in stone County, County, Missouri, Uh, That was a well-known healer of goiters, boils, and tumors. Randolph writes, quote, The woman makes no charge for her services, but if somebody offers her a present, such as a new dress or a side of bacon, great gift, Mm. she seldom refuses the gift. It is said that those who do not reward her liberally always come to some misfortune shortly afterward. Mm -hmm. You don't pay her in cash, but if you don't bring her her side of pork you will undergo some sort of misfortune it reminds me of Madame Zeroni in the movie Holes Mm -hmm. where if you don't like take care of me once I've done this thing for you some misfortune will befall you and your family for eternity (laughs) that's my Madame Zeroni impression Mm it was really good (laughs) thank you um so once again they didn't take money but they would perform these ceremonies um these incantations, these prayers, there's a lot of them. And he, like I said, they, he writes so much about them because there's such a variety of things they cure. So we're definitely not going to get to all of them. Um, we'll get to some of them, some of the early on, earlier on ones. Um, and then I'll give you some hints for if you want to cure some of your own ailments, uh, but you're not a power doctor. There's some ways to do it that are related to power doctors, but anyone can do. Um, they they have incantations and rituals, so we're going to talk about incantations briefly, and we'll move on to like the whole of the ritual. Uh, one lady told Vance Randolph that she recites a section out of the Bible, but wouldn't tell him which one. Don't uh, be giving
0: away her secret.
1: Well, yeah, sure. A power doctor near Crane, Missouri, who worked with Burns, shared his prayer with Randolph, and it went... This is how it goes. Quote, One little... Indian, two little Indians, one named East, one named West, the Son and the Father and the Holy Ghost. In goes the frost, out comes the fire, ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) It sounds like the ramblings of a mad person.
0: I'm just trying to get a visual for all of that. That's a... Okay. So it's not a trinity, it's like a... It's a pentilogy.
1: I have threw in the East and the West in there. The two little, two little Indians. Indians. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the two little Indians, East and West, sang with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I also think he was trying to rhyme West with Ghost, so it may go one named East, one named Woast or West? West. East. I thought you said weast. <laughs> the Son and the Father and the Holy Guest. 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 Gis or West? One, one named wast and the holy gast <laughs> that's uh, still wrong anyway so you have a bunch of these sayings uh i mentioned the blood the, if you can't if you're bleeding all the time uh, they said to recite ezekiel 16:6 6, um over and over and over again do you have it uh, yeah i have it pulled up okay um and this is the kjv version the king james version um I expected for nothing you, less for you plebs who don't know what KJV is uh but that's what they used in the book so um and the scripture goes this is Ezekiel 16:6 6. we're having church up in here now mm-hmm. and when i passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood i said unto thee and when thou wast in thy blood live yea i said unto thee when thou wast in thy blood live that is a wordy wordy passage from the Lord's book. I blame King James, um, who wrote it. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you couldn't get your, for example, a nosebleed to stop, they would say you recite this over and over and over again.
0: Wait, so the power doctor would say this to me,
1: or I would have to say this to myself? The power doctor would say it over you okay. as a prayer. Um, also it was said that they would take like a chip of wood and get some drops of blood on it and put it up in the banisters of a house. And as long as it remained up there, your nose wouldn't bleed. So that's kind of fun. Um, there were other things they did for bleeding. Um, but it varied a lot. It varied from everything from like minor scrapes to like open wounds of a knife even, which was kind of insane. Yeah. Um, so Let's get to some rituals. Uh, one man uh, it was said that he would just lay the tips of his fingers on the afflicted person and he would whisper a prayer. Um, others did different things. Uh, one guy in particular would lay his right hand on the wounded place and his left hand on the corresponding part of his own body. Um, and then he would start to he would throw his head back, quiver and shake and mutter and quote muttered some gibberish under his breath, uh, quote, many people declare themselves benefited by this treatment. On this instance, though, R- Vance Randolph asked the old man if the magic words were from the Bible, and he responded with, no, they sure ain't. <laughs> That's it. It's just like, once again, this line between witches and power doctors is like very, very thin because some use scripture and seem to be very tied to that. But some are like, no, why would you use? the bible like why would you use that to cure these ailments like this is a spiritual healing
0: hence the traditional preachers of the time were like no we are not power doctors
1: sure yeah the yeah the holy rollers like so and we later on in the book it goes to describe like how people would preach against power doctors and say like in the book of james uh how people should come to church authorities for healings And so they tried to set themselves up as an institution over and against power doctors saying like scripture, like it is wrong to use scripture this way because scripture itself tells us you should go to church authority to be healed of this stuff, which is interesting. I didn't include it in the notes here, but it's in there. But it was like
0: prominent enough of a problem for them to say, hey, we need to bring this up and we need to actually get an argument against power doctors.
1: Yeah, there were bigger fish to fry. There were literal witches walking around. And also, if you remember from, from some of our ghost story things, devil. The devil was kind of oh, showing yeah. up all the time. Don't also. ever sneeze. Um, <laughs> don't ever sneeze. Um, a healer of boils and ulcers would, quote, reach behind him, pick up a stone without looking at it, and spit upon it. Stirring this live about with his finger, he repeated the words, What I see increase, what I rub Decrease. Um, and so him rubbing the ulcer or the boil with this spit um, would cause it to shrink or something, I guess. I guess it worked enough that people kept coming back. Hmm. So now we get to like teaching other people to be power doctors. Um, we may be in trouble here at all talking about some of this stuff. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. The fact that we're broadcasting about this information may be problematic which we will get to in a second so this might be our last podcast it's not problematic for us oh
0: okay good we'll get to it i wasn't ready to be yeah, like we're, it's been we're, we're not at. it's been a wild ride but it's been a good time
1: we are not in trouble or responsible for it we actually have someone who published some of this in a newspaper and we get to hear a little bit of her story okay which is cool um When it comes to training another person in power doctoring is what I, that's how I termed it was power doctoring. Mm. Um, There is some protocol as mentioned in the witch episode. One can only convey teaching and magic from man to woman or woman to man. It is only conveyed opposite sex to opposite sex or, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yes. Um, It can only be conveyed from man to woman or woman to man. Um, and the teacher may only whisper the incantation or prayer to the student three times if the student can't understand what he's saying or um, be able to recite the prayer after three repetitions by the teacher. Uh, it said this is someone Vance Randolph is quoting says, quote, he ain't fit to draw out fire. know how? This guy's ability was to take care of burns in particular, but he says, if you can't get it after three times, you ain't fit to fit up to draw out fire. know how you're just not teachable. I cannot read this. This phonetic, like written phonetic <laughs> writing is insane. Um, one woman claimed that if you shared your incantations with too many people, the power could be removed. This number is agreed on by most to be three maximum. So you could tell up to three people or teach up to three people. Well, you know i don't even know if it's teaching necessarily i think even if you tell 3 people even if you're not conveying the magic that may remove the power i don't know it sounds like a pyramid scheme it well yeah it kind of does but you can I'll all... get my 3 friends yeah <laughs> and they'll tell
0: their 3 friends <laughs> of it, the opposite sex yes
1: important and I don't know why this keeps coming up. Like, why is it so important that this information is transferred woman to man or man to woman? I did. I Googled it for like 30 minutes and I couldn't find nowhere where they talked about why it was so important that the transference was man to woman or woman to man. The same, the thing that kept coming up was something about Jezebel and scripture and something else on Google and witches. And I could not find anything why this power transference from man to woman was so important or opposite just for consideration it is like baked into the spiritual healing curses all the spiritual mumbo jumbo that vance randolph calls it in some spots has to be man to woman or woman to man and i have no idea why what the deal is there it kind of got under my skin a little bit do you have any questions because if you don't we're going to move on to how to um Take care of two things: warts and toothaches, which are fairly common things. Uh, but do you have any questions about power doctors before? Other than the parallels between this and multi-level marketing, I've none. <laughs> you are you are in your own brain about this. Is a scheme. I'm a platinum level power doctor. <laughs> um. Oh, I didn't get to tell you about the newspaper woman. Oh, please do. Um. So evidently, there is a. Journalist who was speaking with a power doctor. And when she interviewed him about this, she, he respectfully asked that she not publish this information that she had learned from him, being that he had transferred this to her. Because if she in turn published this information and shared this information with a broad audience of more than three people then the power would be renounced. And it seems like it wouldn't just be renounced in her, but it would also be renounced in him. So the wide publication of this sort of stuff, whether that's Vance Randolph, whether that's a journalist at the time, whether that's uh, just people telling stories out of school, like this whole practice of gossip and Broadcasting this information may have done away with power doctoring as a concept as a whole, because the power was removed. Oh, so now we can't be power doctors. Now we well we we have some power in that there are ways to conjure some of this stuff uh, without being a power doctor. But I think it's interesting that the rise of broadcast and publication may have done away with the power of power doctors. Which is why our podcast may be dangerous for uh, spiritual healers.
0: Millennials are ruining the power doctor industry. <laughs>
1: really their are. Facebook and their Twitter and their podcasts. So, anyway, there's, there's power doctors. Now, I'm going to give you some helpful uh, things to go take care of warts and two things. Um, one of them is upsetting, one of them is kind of just rude. Uh, We're going to start with the rude one. It's about warts. Randolph tells of people selling their warts to willing recipients for a nickel or a penny. You can talk a kid, and if a kid has 12 warts, he doesn't mind taking on a few more uh, if you just pay him a nickel to take them away. Something you can totally do, evidently. Um, If you can't find a willing participant, which I imagine you can't, uh, to take your warts away, there's one devilish way to rid yourself of a wart. Another way to pass a wart is to spit on it, rub a bit of paper in the spittle, fold the paper, and drop it in the road. The wart is supposed to pass to the first person who picks up the paper and unfolds it. Aww. It's devilish.
0: It is so yeah. rude. It's littering. It is And littering. then punishing somebody for
1: picking being... up your litter. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and who's going to pick up a folded up piece of paper? He said that a lot of children did this, so you'd see a lot of folded up pieces of paper on the road near schoolhouses, which is kind of a fun image Hmm. of kids trying to get rid of warts. If you want to create a bigger honeypot for someone, uh, something more enticing than a folded up piece of paper in the middle of the road, which I imagine is hard to entice people toward today. Quote, you may put as many pebbles as you have warts in a paper bag, walk down the road alone, and throw the whole thing backward over your right shoulder. Whoever picks up the bag and counts the stones will fall heir to the warts. Oh, man. So think a brown paper bag with pebbles in it. A brown paper bag is much more likely to be looked at, yeah, opened up. I'm curious what's a in a brown folded. paper bag. So you may find yourself the recipient of many warts. Hmm. Only if I count them, though. Only if you count them. That is, I guess, that is important and a little more complex thing than just unfolding a piece of paper. Is that you do have to count the pebbles? But if there's just one pebble, oh well. At at some point. Okay, but
0: you've only had one wart, so it's
1: yeah, not a big deal, right? But there's a point at which, like, there's so few pebbles that you just kind of count them unwittingly so? You just open... Yeah, you just open the bag and they're like, oh, there are five pebbles in here. I think five is the threshold. I really do. I think if you studied psychology, when you look at groups of more than five things, people cluster them as a group, but you can still make out like less than five things as individual pieces. Um, So there's a trick for you. If you got up to five warts, throw five pebbles in a brown paper bag and throw it in the middle of your yard or street, excuse me. I was thinking about shoulder. well i was thinking about peyton's front yard because there's a lot of kids in this neighborhood that you might could pass <laughs> some warts on to if you're ever interested okay so that's how to pass on the warts i want to be a good neighbor you want to be a good neighbor well they'll never know um this is not widely known information today okay for two thanks, here's what you do like i said the first one is a little more rude this one's a little more what was the word i used i'm not sure but it wasn't pleasant it wasn't pleasant Uh, All these are going to have kind of a funny twist at the end, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, For toothaches, if you are willing to, um, if you want to affect your toothache, this is a surefire way to do it. Good luck. Quote, find the skeleton of a horse or mule. Step one. (laughs) I said good luck. Be sure that no one is watching you. Pick up the jawbone with your teeth and walk backward nine steps.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Being careful not to touch the thing with your hands. Very important. It's a dead animal. Don't touch it with your hands. It's dirty. Oh, wait, it's in, it's your, it's mouth. in your mouth. <laughs> Be careful not to touch the thing with your hands and then let it fall to the ground after pacing nine steps backwards with it in your teeth. This done, walk away without looking back and do not mention the matter to anybody. If it doesn't feel better after 30 minutes, it means someone saw you with the jaw in your mouth and, quote, the only thing you can do is hunt up another skeleton and go through the whole business again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of effort. Where are you I nobody's find, looking at me. Where are you going to find another horse skeleton?
0: I'm just imagining all of these... Well, I mean, if you're able to find a horse or a mule skeleton with all these just... Dis- dislocated jaws that are just like a couple feet away and you're like how did this get over here
1: someone's posted up watching skeletons somewhere someone just knows like i'm gonna ruin someone's day by making sure they don't get rid of their toothache like i'm scouting out this skeleton of this mule that died in my yard i'm gonna watch for anyone who tries to pick it up with their teeth but are there any
0: bad consequences like does the toothache transfer to somebody else does it transfer to the dead horse
1: no well no i don't think so i don't think the dead horse could tell us if it did Mm. um but pity in my study in my intense study i did not find anything about it transferring anywhere this is what it's not rude it's just kind of um upsetting yeah and pretty dirty Yeah, because at what point in the the decay life cycle
0: of this mule or horse are you putting this jaw
1: into your mouth? It says skeleton, which when I think skeleton, I think dry bones. Like, imagine, like, a cartoon desert, and you have a cactus, some uh, geography in the background... A tumbleweed, a vulture, and the carcass of an animal that is just dry bones. That is what I'm imagining. I don't know how frequently you stumble across a dry skeleton. It seems like it's probably not dry bones, especially with the humidity we have here. Yes. Upsetting stuff. Very. Anyway. There's a life hack for warts and a life hack for toothaches if you are interested and want to partake in any of that. Well, we seem to have learned a lot from these power doctors. They're good people. They really are, despite like them being hated uh, by hi- holy rollers and probably witches, too, kind of cramping their style. They're just having a good time. They are having a good time, and they're trying to do what's best for everybody. Like They're trying to make sure everybody gets taken care of and their ailments cured. They do say some dangerous things about h- healing cancer and stuff. Um, but, but Hey, who hasn't, but who hasn't said something super dangerous about healing cancer with spiritual practices? Sorry, friends. I'm getting some more, uh, moonshine, uh, for our last segment, which is ghost stories. Um, I'm kind of excited about these ghost stories. We have a variety Peyton. I'm going to just read you some titles, um, okay. and let you pick out what you might want to hear. The first couple that I'm going to give you to choose from uh, is Ribbled Yankee. This means like a kind of a naughty Yankee. A couple's night in a haunted house. Or the alopecia ghost. Do you know what alopecia is? No. It's when someone has no body hair. Okay. Do you want to hear about the ribald Yankee, A Couple's Night in a Haunted House, or the Alopecia Ghost?
0: All right, listener. Now it's your turn. Say whatever you want to listen to right now as you're listening to this podcast into the air wherever you are. We'll hear you. Vote now. Okay, I heard the one about no body hair.
1: Okay, Alopecia Ghost. Why did I start with this one? I don't know. I should have
0: started with the couple in the
1: haunted house. Uh, No, we're moving on. You're not going to get to choose from those again. We got some other ones. I may come back to one of them. All right. I'm just going to read straight from the book how it's written because there's no amount of homework I can do to figure out anything else about these stories other than what's written on the page. So here we go. Some 50 miles south of Springfield, Missouri, on the old wire road, Old Wire Road's in Springdale, if anybody cares. Um, the Oak Grove schoolhouse was supposed to be haunted by the ghost of a man hanged there by bushwhackers during the Civil War. Only a few years ago, four men rode by the schoolhouse on the way home from a dance and saw a grinning, bald-headed fellow peering out through the window. Coming closer, they noticed that the stranger had no eyebrows or eyelashes. The Hillman addressed the man politely at first, but he made no answer. Finally, one of the boys drew his six-shooter and fired six shots, which smashed the glass of the window, but the stranger grinned on, unmoved. Ooh. Then two of the boys kicked in the door and searched the schoolhouse, but the room was empty. The two boys, who remained outside, however, could still see the stranger sitting just inside the broken window pane. Uh, there even sept- though the kids were in there? and they Even though the kids oh. were in there. There are several versions of this tale. Judge Tom Moore of Ozark, Missouri, who says he is not superstitious, writes the whole thing up in the book Mysterious Tales and Legends of the Ozarks. So if you want to go find that book, you can maybe find some more of it. Creepy. I have read a lot of these ghost stories out of this book, and some of them are like pretty innocuous, like pretty normal stuff. You know, people mishearing things and thinking, oh, that kid running through the yard is a ghost or something like that. This one is legitimately like eerie, like skin-crawling. Very eerie. Anyway, there's the alopecia ghost. I don't know if, if you have anything to comment. I will say one thing. Walking up and seeing someone grinning and saying, hey, how's it going, partner? Nodding your hat or whatever. Him not responding and your immediately response is to pull out your gun and shoot at him. Maybe not the best response he to meeting a stranger. He was in the schoolhouse. He was in the schoolhouse and he was
0: just standing there. And after being shot at, he just like grinned like that's, that's very creepy.
1: And then, Oh man, he's still in the window and he has no hair. Like, I don't know what's so creepy about someone with no eyebrows. It's kind of like a Slenderman kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Anyway, not to like, you know, disappreciate the people with no eyebrows who might be listening But But, don't
0: stand in school windows and just be creepy. Just don't do it. Don't bring that on yourself. Yeah. Anyway. No matter how much body hair you have, just don't do it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is not a uh, preferred uh, interaction. Um, uh, Next up, we have Sissy. She's a maid, and she's a ghost that's local. I'll tell you that. Um, Ghost treasure. Or ghost dog and a bad omen all
0: right listener now it's your turn <laughs> scream it wherever you are which one do you want to listen
1: to what do you want payton the sissy one i will i will tell you the ghost treasure and the ghost dog have like pretty satisfying endings the ghost dog is like pretty good to you Okay, so it sounds like you're steering me to select the ghost dogs. The only reason I included Sissy was because she was local, but even having done my homework about hauntings in Northwest Arkansas, I've not been able to find any resources outside this book about where we could go find Sissy. Okay. I was trying to do that. I was trying to give us a field trip. Maybe on another Ozark Superstition okay. episode. We'll come back to Sissy. Okay. We may find out where she lives and we may go, or Ud lives. Oh. And go find her sometime. All right, just tell me about the dog. Okay, this is called Ghost Dog and a Bad Omen. There's a lot of ghost dogs in this book, which I really appreciate. Uh, there are there are headless dogs. There are uh, ethereal dogs. There are dogs that howl in the night. Um, this one's kind of fun. A young man near Alma, Arkansas. That's near Fort Smith, if anybody cares. Um, you'll pass it on the interstate if you're driving... Uh, towards 540 from Little Rock. Um, A young man near Alma, Arkansas, was passing a deserted house one night when he saw a strange woman in a long white robe standing at the gate. A little fuzzy white dog ran out in front of him and it seemed to be barking, although he heard no sound. The boy threw a stone at the dog and was astounded to see the animal separate into two parts, let the stone pass through and go back together again. He talked the matter over with his parents and they agreed that it was evidently a warning of some impending evil, probably an early death. The young fellow lived for many years, however, and I believe he is still alive today. Obviously not still alive today, but you get the idea. In the 1930s, he was still alive. But about a month after he saw the ghost dog, he had one of his eyes gouged out. Ow! What happened? What happened? He, the the account is not recorded. What? He saw a ghost dog. He threw a rock at it. The, the dog the pulled dog, a flubber. It went do- <laughs> through the dog. It's separated, uh, reconstructed itself. The boy talked to his parents. They're like, you're probably going to die young. And then he lost an eye, but didn't die young. Yeah. Well, watch out for ghost dogs, y'all. Just don't throw rocks at dogs. Also, don't throw rocks at (laughs) dogs. Please. Any dogs. Also, the fact that the dog was barking and no sound was coming out. It's very peculiar. Pretty. I mean, that's not even talking about the woman who was standing out in front of her house in a white robe like some terrifying mother (laughs) bleeper. Just
0: with a dog. Just... Catching the night breeze. And I don't know.
1: It doesn't say whether the woman was also a ghost or not. Yeah. That's weird. I don't. I also don't like that. People standing watching strangers walk down the road is not a good thing. Thanks, though. Anyway, do you want to hear one last ghost story? Sure. Um, This is one I want to tell you about. It's got a really great ending to it, I think. Um, And then I'll maybe let you pick a lighthearted one for the end. Because no way. Go- we got to end on an intense note. Ghost Treasure is pretty lighthearted. Um, all right. This ghost story is called The Civil War and the Great Black Boar. Okay. Okay. In southeast Missouri, old soldiers claim that during the war between the states, some men used to see the specter of a monstrous black hog just before a battle. This was recognized as, as a sign that the man who saw the thing would be killed in action. He told his comrades, made arrangements for letters and keepsakes to be sent home and so on. It is said that a man who saw the Black Boar never lived more than seven days. They tell of one trooper who saw the death sign just before major engagement, but came through the battle unhurt. He laughed at superstition and bragged about his escape. But was killed the very next evening by an accidental discharge of a comrade's revolver. It was a Yankee pistol captured in the battle, one of the new double action or self cocking kind, with which the boys were not familiar. While the new owner was fiddling with the lock of the weapon, it was somehow discharged. The bullet smashed through the brain of the cavalryman who had seen the great black boar. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. It is. I love that there, even like in these short conflicts or short sort of interactions, there becomes a like robust understanding, like especially in wartime, like on both sides, that if someone during this war sees this great black hog, like it's a bad omen. It's a bad omen. And like no one has lived more than seven days after seeing this big black boar i can just imagine out of most of these ghost stories like you could make a
0: movie out of it i think so like that could be a premise Uh uh-huh and then
1: go from there maybe maybe do you want to hear ghost treasure should we save ghost treasure might as well dig into some ghost treasure it's pretty short Uh, people in Wayne County, Missouri say that somewhere near Tasky, an old man was murdered in a farmhouse supposedly for his money. For many years after that, the old man's ghost was seen there at intervals and no one would live in the house. Finally, a traveler who is not afraid of ghosts went to bed there after building a rousing fire on the earth, on the hearth. In the night, he awoke to see the ghost of an old man sitting in front of the fireplace. Follow me said the ghost, and I'll show you where the money is. I can't get no rest till someone finds the stuff and spends it on something useful. They went outside where the ghost pulled out some small stones at the base of the chimney. Reaching his hand into the hole, the traveler found quite a sum of money wrapped in an old newspaper. The ghost was never seen again.
0: What a nice ghost. What a cool,
1: (laughs) cool ghost. I bet that ghost had like crappy kids
0: he's like i didn't want to give this to them can you just spend it well somewhere i hid it under this
1: fireplace <laughs> like, i mean like don't we all wish we had a ghost in our house that was like hey i'll show you where the money's at i'll show you where the cash <laughs> is at. i just need you to pay your rent with it is like my only thing Jesus. just be spend responsible spending on something useful You're like treat your wife that'd be nice maybe you. go buy some needles to uh, <laughs> steal your love away and never let them leave your home i mean something useful honestly um.
0: Well, let's all hope we have ghosts in our
1: lives. Um, and nice ones. Mm-hmm. Nice ones that show us where cash money is. Yeah. Anyway, that concludes Ozark Superstitions for tonight. I think it's been a rousing success, and I, uh, I really enjoy this stuff. I really love doing and talking about this stuff. It is a blast. It's so much fun. Um, I'm learning a lot reading all this stuff. I hope that you guys are enjoying this stuff, whether it's like, terribly humorous or if it's like i'm not often do i hear a ghost story about a dog and a man who gets his eye gouged out never or, very
0: often hear a ghost story in general sure so,
1: sure or helpful tricks to get rid of warts and give them to your uh, punk neighbor kids you know or just ways to make whoever
0: you're interested fall in love with you forever yeah and warning signs See if somebody else is trying to manipulate
1: you as well. Yeah. So I hope we can do some more episodes like this. I really love this stuff. It. We have a lot more to cover. We have not even scratched the surface of all of it. Like I said, power doctors, we are, we are barely scratching the surface. So there's a lot more to come if you enjoy this. Let and, us know if you do. And
0: listeners, if you enjoyed this, we have ended the... Like past couple episodes with Ozark superstition, mm-hmm. like especially our first, um, like four or five episodes in this yeah. past season. So Jero's episode, uh, Jar and Ali who created Leisure List, um, Smoky in the Mirror, their episode, uh, Yayos, I'm leaving some out.
1: Amos and um,
0: uh... Amos and Christina, which we actually got to talk about. Uh, Nozark Superstition in the interview.
1: I think that was the last one we had that we had Nozark Superstition in.
0: Sounds right. So,
1: yeah, go Uh, check out some of those.
0: Yeah, Clint's Clint's episode, uh, Good uh, Shepherd Lutheran, Jared's episode of Narrative, and yeah, go check those out. Those are a lot of fun. And clearly, if you enjoyed this episode, then go check out the end of those episodes.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, and also, if you have some sort of like family story that comes from the Ozarks about superstitions, let us know. I would love to talk about um, some of you guys' own personal superstitions or stories that come from anywhere in the South, really. I'd love for it to be in the Ozarks, but if it comes from Appalachia or if it comes from Louisiana or something, I'm down with it. I'll talk about it on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, send them in if you have them. I'd love to talk about them, give you a shout, so... And you can contact us via
0: email, if you'd like, at heyheynwa at gmail.com. Also, message us on Facebook. We're heyheynwa on there. And then Instagram, we are hey hey NWA Podcast with no underscores or spaces. And you can donate, if you like what you're hearing, at patreon.com forward slash heyheynwa. Also, on Uh, promotional note we have t-shirts now yeah we do so we're selling them for 15 dollars a pop uh they're a heathered light blue uh we posted it on our facebook page recently for the limelight festival so that's where you can go check those out and we can deliver them to you because zach and i like meeting people who like our stuff
1: yeah, and supplies are limited, so uh, if you want to get one, hop on it, because once we run out of a size, that's the that's it for that size mm-hmm. um, until we can get some more printed. But, yeah, hit us up, and uh, we can get you a T-shirt if you want one. They're real great. They're real soft. Very soft. they Jared uh, Nally bought one the
0: other day from Leisure List. She did. She is one of our fans, and we are a fan of hers as well. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, listeners, and... I hope you can go to bed all safe and sound tonight.
1: Yeah. Don't have any nightmares about spooky ghost pigs. Don't throw rocks at dogs.